Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973, an inspirational podcast about the ups and downs of life and everything in between. Here's your host, Shane Lakita. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Liquid Chino, Coffee Talk, and all that good stuff, man. It's been a little while since I've recorded anything, so I just said my name backwards on top of that to say Liquid Chino and Coffee Talk. But I have this guy to my left or right, whatever side you're looking at right now. His name is Ben. He's been on my podcast before. I've been on his podcast before. Uh, great guy. Good energy. Good dude, man. And we were just talking the other day, and I said, you know what? I, I want to get you back on that on the podcast. We've been talking about it for a while, yeah. and now we're finally here, dude. We're finally here. What's going on, dude? Uh, thank you for having me, first off. I yeah. appreciate being on. Uh, I don't know what it is. We have good conversations. I enjoy it. Like thoroughly enjoy any conversations we have. Um, so yeah, excited to be here. Uh, what's been going on? Life. Like, like at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? You get into it and it just goes. Um, tons of things happened this last year. And we're well, being- I, I'll position it this way. I'm gonna position no. it this way because I think this guy, I, I'm gonna tell you what, I live in a, I live in the state of Maine, right? So the state of Maine, everybody all knows about lobsters and deer and some moose and some other stuff like that. And I don't really go and mingle with the animals and go mingle with the people out in the wilderness. I see deers walking across my yard and I'm like, wow, look at that, right? My neighbor, he hunts. I got all this other stuff. I talked to this guy, this guy Ben. And we're going to get into it, but I'm going to tell you what you want to talk about, like a bear grills, like get out in the wilderness and get crazy and wild and try to live off the land. This guy right here, Ben, tell me right off the bat, Ben, because if you if you don't follow him, you should. I, I'm going to put up his TikTok handle and put up the other stuff that he that he uh, goes out there to. But he goes out and, and just experiences the world and he and he and he visualizes it and he captures it and he videos it and everything else so ben let's talk about that right off the bat because i can see that big old antler antler thing on your back wall right there that's basically letting us know i am a man of the wilderness well and then and then you know right there that's 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 a rattlesnake what yeah that's a rattlesnake skin you can see the rattle right at the top it's about 11 rattles um okay and that's a whole story we can get into that story but um no so uh, for those of you that don't know, I was divorced in 2021 and, uh, through 2021, um, big changes came and that was, they were good. When I say changes, change is not a bad thing. That's, it's a net positive as yeah. we have it. Um, and what kind of ultimately started happening for me was that as I entered into 2022, I started figuring out that it, it, it's not just that I enjoy the outdoors. It's that I have to be there. So um, I did I did a whole bunch of things outside this last year. And we can pretty much break it down by season in, in where I was and what I was doing and how I was doing it. Because each season brought new foraging opportunities. Cool. <laughs> Listen, listen, why are you using these outdoor terms for me? I have no, I, I think foraging is something totally different than what it is. So go ahead, explain that to me. Well, I, I, uh, I do, you know, the, the things that I harvest are the things that I eat, right? Uh, I consume everything that, that I bring home with me. If I'm going to uh, take an animal's life, I firmly believe in the concept that 
that that should not go to waste. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's been with me since I was a kid from my father, you know, uh, that waste, not want, not example that we get from our boomer. Did parents. you grow up hunting like uh, all your life? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, as early as five, I was hunting with my father, uh, not, you know, in Oregon, you can't carry a gun at that age, but I was tagging along. It was, you know, my, my first elk hunting experience was at the age of 11. Cause I do deer hunts at, uh, before that at the age of 11, I bet I weighed 50 some odd pounds. I was quite small, um, for my relative age, all, always until I became an adult. Um, and my first elk hunt, we had gotten a whole ton of snow and it had frozen over and there was about four inches of that layer of ice and then powdered snow below that. Right. And I was so light that I could not physically break through the ice to take steps. So I had to take a step every step my dad took. Everywhere oh, his footsteps. Yep. It was just following him everywhere he went. Mm -hmm. um, multiple warming fires. But yeah, I grew up hunting, fishing. The outdoors in general um, became a huge passion. Uh, at the age of... Six, uh, no, it, so I was told 13 at the age of 13, I tried to convince our deer camp that I could just hang out there for the week alone while everybody, all the adults left, right? They're gone. I'm like, no, I can 13 years. I can be out here. And I, if I get a deer down, I can take care of it. No big deal. Yeah. And that was a, that was a no sell on that one. We <laughs> did not sell that, that at all. Um, but that was the goal, uh, was always being outside. And then as I got through the end of the divorce um, and started figuring out what it was I wanted to do, right? So, uh, and how I wanted to do it, I started figuring out that where I was going to find those answers was out there. I, I had to get outside. So, you know, it really began. Um, so as we got through the end of 21, January of 2022 hit. And the first thing that happened was, uh, Hannah ended up going uh, with Peyton to Disneyland for a, a mother daughter trip. Super fun. And I had B for that weekend. And so I said, we're going to find sunstones. That was the first trip we did is we went and looked and foraged for rocks. Uh, it, I was going to say, does anybody in the world know what a sunstone is? Uh, you need to explain what a sunstone is. Uh, yeah, I can. Um, a sunstone is okay. A sunstone Think of glass as a sunstone. Sunstones are found all over the world. They're not unique to Oregon. However, the one that is in Oregon is very unique because of how it was formed, right? It's, and, and all rock and, and all minerals are formed in some, it's, it's compression in time. It's, it's how it goes, right? right. But uh, for our sunstones here in Oregon, they are found in a very specific spot this particular set of them. Uh, and what it is, is you have feldspar. Feldspar is the mineral that makes glass. Uh, it is it found all over the world. Again, it is not rare in any means. Uh, it's all over the world, but it's called feldspar, F-E-L-D-S-P-A-R. And feldspar, uh, when it makes contact with lava, it explodes uh, like glass and it shatters like glass. What? So, about 15 million years ago, uh, there was a volcano that erupts uh, in the Steen Mountains, and it sent lava and ash uh, about 70 miles uh, south and call it due south uh, to what would have been an ancient lake bed uh, at the base of Hart Mountain in, in the deep southeast of Oregon. 
and uh, the lava makes contact with this feldspar on the bottom of this lake bed. And when it made contact with it, it goes boom, right? And when it goes boom, uh, it's also fusing all these other things into it. And so our sunstones here in Oregon are fused uh, with copper. There is copper that runs like ribbons through them. And okay, now, now I'm a little interested. Like I, I was literally it, thinking this is a geology nerd stone talk right now, oh, it, but it's, it's not. That sounds pretty cool. It's cool. It is cool. I mean, it's it's neat. I think the concept of being able to look at things that happened a long time ago, right, and say this is where this came from is awesome. I love that entire concept. So, um, sunstone now. Sunstones here in Oregon, they've been picked over. We have a public collection area, and then there's also mining operations that are truly mining them out in these. It, it's a desert, basically, at this point. Are but they mining them for, like, decoration, or do they have, like, a purpose? Like, oh, they... I mean, yeah, they are a, they're, right. a precious, they're a precious stone. So um, you can mine them for jewelry. You can mine them for all sorts of fun things, uh, but ultimately for sale. And I'm sure at some point I will put some of the sunstones that I have in my collection up for sale. Uh, the kids and I, you know, we've gone through and we have a jar of what we call our keepers. They're not for sale. Yeah, and, no way. Yeah. And then there's the ones that we'd be willing to part with, you know. Um, so those stones are located in the deep southeast of Oregon. And in the deep southeast, uh, it's a high desert. And in particular, we have rattlesnakes down there. So we did sunstoning January, February and March. By the time we got to April and May, it starts to warm up. The snakes come out. The scorpions come out. Um, and I'm not going to be the father that's having my kids picking on the ground in bushes. You know, I mean, just there's just there's a like for all you the could, things, you could, but you're not going to be that. I'm guy. not going to do that. Uh, and the thing is, is for all the things that I do that are relatively dangerous is a word I will use relatively. Yeah. Unsafe. Uh, I do take some precaution. Like I'm out there thinking, okay, how would I, you know, X, Y, Z. So, uh, so that sunstones were the winter and the spring. And I got B out there for the first one and him and I are, are picking the ground. And it, it's, it's so fun because your kids are small, do small things with them. Right. Right. They're low to the ground looking for things on the ground they love that they're just and each one is just another treasure that they're just finding. And they're so excited when they find one i guarantee you they're flipping out well and the neat part about this particular environment is they're everywhere so i mean quite literally the the ground is just scattered with them actually inside that fish tank is is this the sediment that i use is sunstone sediment um oh. and it's in there and so it creates the because it's an ancient lake bed so think like almost granular glass that's not sharp but it's that's what's there so and well, I do you you mentioned the term or you said when you do dangerous things i mean you opened this conversation just now talking about rattlesnakes and oh. being out there and let me tell you something one of the things that i fear the most in life oh actually there's two things in life that i fear uh, probably more than anything else okay. one of them is spiders i can't stand spiders like literally i scream at a really high pitch like my voice goes from really deep where it is now to screaming at this pitch where you can't even hear it it just shatters glass everywhere and i yeah. run away and the second thing is snakes man i can't like i can't do it and then with rattle the rattle going I'm like, no, man, I'm all set. I'm, 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 I'm tapped out. And I had no idea you had rattlesnakes in Oregon. I thought it was always like out in Arizona yeah. and things like that. That's crazy. Yeah, 
we have high desert, so we do get rattlesnakes. That's a fun story. Do you want me to tell this rattlesnake story? Please do. I, I'm okay. sure I'll, I'll probably run away real quick, and I'll have nightmares tonight, but I thank you. Thanks. Go ahead. So this story uh, is probably 2014, 2015. Uh, my father and I are in the deep, down where these sunstones are. We're down in that area. We're down in that neck of the woods. And uh, we were antelope hunting at the end of the summer. Um, it was my tag. And, um, through antelope hunting, you know, as you're walking through the bush and all that fun stuff that, that midday had sun had come up and rattlesnakes came out. We found two little baby ones that were, I don't know, foot long in some sagebrush. And I didn't mess with those ones, but ultimately the way antelope hunting goes, the midday, no animals are really moving because they're just, they're hunkered down and they're in the heat of the day. They don't right. they almost move. It's couch potato time. Right. So, um, my father took a nap, uh, when we got back to camp and while he was taking a nap, um, I decided I wanted to go look for a snake. Yeah, I, I felt like we just started the scene of a horror movie. This is the way we go. You're going to go out on your own to go look for snakes. Naturally, because I am where I am, I'm in an environment that's very snake. There's going to be snakes because we're at a watering hole. And it's the high desert. So where there's water, there's small game, rabbits, squirrels, mice, things like that. Where there's small game, there's predators. So mm. I go do a quick little hike out and around. And it's literally like 300 yards from, from camp. It's, I, I, it's, a, it's a big U. And there's a cattle trail because cattle are coming to, to water also, right? Uh, and <laughs> I get on top of this this little knob and I'm on this cattle trail and there she is. And I know it's a female cause she's big and she's in the, she's coiled up in the middle of, the, of a cattle trail, just rattling at me. Right. Like, like ready. So, what? Yeah. Just ready to go. She's, she's ready to go. Now here's the best part. As soon as she sees me, the first thing that I said was let's tango. Like that's, that's, and I said that out loud. I said, let's tango. And how old were you? Uh, Oh, I'm, this is 2015, so I was 30. Oh, okay. That was it was about six years ago, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah, I'm 33. So you said it's time to tango. It's time to tango. Let's do this thing. Now, I in my hand, I am equipped with a six foot long uh, walking stick that I also use as a shooting stick, and it has a a prong at the top where okay. it's just just to, to rest your your weapon, right? And then I also have a knife. Um, a very sharp knife called a Havlon. It's surgical grade steel, all those fun things. Now, as soon as this snake sees that I am not backing away and that I'm actually the aggressor, it goes and runs. And when I say runs, I mean slither. I know it doesn't have legs. Okay, I get that. It just starts taking off running down the road. See you later, guy. Slithering down the hill and it slithers into these boulders. And when I say boulders, I mean boulders like this. One of them was probably the size of a 60s VW bug. I mean, mm. huge boulders, right? Big ones, yeah. And she gets herself into this, this crevice, right? And she's on the ground, and I can reach her with the stick, but I'm on the downhill side. So my in my mind, my goal at this point is get the snake to attack the stick, latch onto the stick, because I have like a foam grip at the top, right? I have a foam grip at the top. I want the snake to actually, I want its fangs to accidentally latch into the, the foam, be unable to retract, and I can pull her out and then stick her with the fork over and then just knock her head off and she's done. <laughs> now, 
couple things. One, I'm pulling her downhill, meaning I'm pulling her down the hill toward me. That's an easy target. It's going to come straight at you. Yeah, it is. Uh, other things that my my now ex uh, would would remind me of. I was at least okay. I was an hour away from um, any cell service. Yeah, and I was probably three hours away from emergency services. Nope. Right. <laughs> so nope. Nope. This, we are not in a friendly place. <laughs> and and I reflected afterward, and I agreed with her. I was like, yeah, that probably I. I don't. Do, I haven't done that since. But um, I wanted this snake. It was a four foot long one, and we don't get big ones like that up here in Oregon very often. So, and I know somebody's in the southeast, like, oh, that's not even a big one. Like, Come oh, on, man, that ain't one of my pythons. We got way down here, dude. <laughs> so, I'm jabbing. So I'm sending this this my my stick six feet into this little cave, and I'm aggravating her, like I'm making her angry. And at one point, or maybe a couple points, I remember seeing her venom spit. Like what? I, I could what? see it. Yeah, like the whole thing. It was super uh... cool. So she finally does latch on. I drag her out and I just stick her head to the ground and cut her head off. And amongst the commotion, my father has now woken up 300 yards down the hill, right? <laughs> and there's his son, Lord of the Flies, holding this snake up, right? Eat snake. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, Are you fucking crazy? Like, he's just like, No, like, no. Um, so yeah, that's how I got the snake. Uh, we did eat the snake. It was quite delicious. Um, well, you said, you said anytime you kill any animal whatsoever, anything you, you, you put it to use, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll eat it. I, I, I do believe in that concept, but yeah. So the snake hunting, so that that's, you know, the deep Southeast of Oregon. Um, I am drawn to that area. Um, something about the mountains that exist down there. Um, I'm very, uh, at peace when I get, down so that's there. what I was going to ask you. So, so I, I remember, I mean, I followed you for a long time on TikTok, and we've been friends for a while. And I remember been. when you were going through the divorce and you were going through a lot of that stuff and it, you were somewhat private, but you were still kind of open a little bit and you were just like, yeah. you know, where we're at with it. And I know there's a lot of things and a lot of people on the podcast that, that follow me or, 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 or the oh, different oh. avenues, we're always talking about how do we, what do we need in our lives to be able to find that outlet or find that place sure. that we can go or something we can do, whether it's therapy or whether it's, you know, exercise or whatever. It sounds to me a lot like this is your, this is your outlet. This is your place that you can go to, to be able to say, okay, you know what? All my worries are pushed aside. So tell me about that. Like, how do you feel when you go out there? What's your feeling yeah. when you're heading out there in the wilderness? Absolutely. So first, I will say that I do do therapy. I love therapy. Yeah, me it's too. Fun. But um, when I, you know, it's really interesting because one thing that kept happening last year as I would go on my adventures, and to give everybody an idea, I talk about this in my newsletter that's coming out. I think I ended up spending, there's 52 weeks in a year. I'm pretty certain I spent 42 of them out outside i was gone away from home doing my thing and the one thing that i kept figuring out was i would make these plans to do tiktoks like make tiktok like i would i would have these audios saved to make tiktoks when i'm out there right i and i i remember thinking oh yeah this will be so fun when i'm out there you know it'll be i'll be berry picking rock picking doing whatever and i made some of them but i did not make many i really went pretty quiet on the social media stuff yeah. And what I started figuring out was um, I needed to, to, to find a way that I wanted to show people 
what it is I do and how I do that. And ultimately, I would get so caught up in the present moment of where I am that the idea of making TikToks just right didn't didn't matter. It, it, it became it became a non thing. The idea, you know, I think sometimes as creators, we we do tend to put some level of pressure on ourselves where it's like. I have people that we, we, we think that we have people that are sitting there waiting for us to make content. They're fine. They're right. They're, they're living their life. They're not, they're not sitting there like where's bet. No, it's not that way. They're living their life. Exactly. Twiddling their thumbs just waiting for come on, Come on. Let's go. Let's go. And it's just not the way it goes. And um, I did feel like I was putting pressure on myself to make content. And then that made me feel inauthentic or unauthentic, if, whatever that word is. Yeah. And so and, and then it, that that would seep into the idea that's taking away from the experience I want to have outside. So didn't make a lot of content uh, as it was when I got out there. And so since I was spending so much time, a lot of content just didn't get made because right. my Monday through Friday was working like like crazy and hitting goals and doing that stuff. And then weekends were bye. I'm, I'm out of here. I got to go. And so the, for me. It's interesting because it's certainly as, as I've gone through this entire year and understanding what the outdoors is for me, um, it's not just that safe space. It's not just the quiet. It's, it's not just those things. It is um, the idea that I, it's grounding. It's, it's, it's grounding. Yeah. For me. That, that's the way I'm going to say it. So, to the degree that I would go on insanely long hikes, like 12 to 15 mile hikes in a day. And just, and, and I would have like, I would have these thoughts, these thoughts, like uh, I, one of them, I think I recorded, it was about trees. And the idea was that, okay, I travel here to go see the trees, the wilderness, these things. Right. Yep. If I were a tree or or if you had the option to be a tree, would you want to be a tree on the, on top of a hill? Would you want to be a tree down by the water? Ooh, that's a good question. And the, the idea being that, well, you're a tree. You can't move. So do you want to hear the same stream every day for the rest of your life? And we're talking hundreds of years, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to be up on the mountain with a view, but you're in relative solitude and it's, it's quiet and maybe that quiet gets deafening? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's these that concept. And then my next thought beyond that was if a tree had the opportunity, because we go, I travel to go hear their noise. Right. I go out there to hear what they're they hear. If a tree was given the opportunity, would they opt to come listen to our noise and the noise that we make? It's an interesting concept. I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to answer it. But okay, okay. I'm I'm gonna stop you there real quick. You remember the? I, I don't know if you. I, I'm I'm a little bit older. So it, when do you remember back in the day when Saturday Night Live used to come on and they had this section called Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy? That's oh, what yes. they were called. So oh, I yeah. think this is called Deep Thoughts with Ben. That's what it needs to be. And it you is. need to make this a series because these are the things you think about. You need to have you. They are the things I think about. Like that is, you know, if you go to my journal right now, those are the, I, those are, those are where I'm at is it, it's that idea that, and this is just a slogan that's going to come out for ski, my new character. And it, it, we're all energy. It's all energy. Everything is energy. And so if everything is energy, 
then that then we have the ability to affect that energy in a positive and negative way. Me being outside was always about being present in that moment at right. that time. And um, you know, as we so as we leave the the the, the winter time uh, and enter spring, um, spring with spring comes new life, right? And in the springtime, what what we go foraging for is mushrooms. Me and the kids. We're going to keep our eyes to the ground, but now we're looking for mushrooms. And in particular, we're looking for morel mushrooms. Um, oh, yeah. Those things look like little Christmas trees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've never yeah. seen that, but I see people, they're infatuated with it when it's that season, man. They love those things. Oh, they are addictive. I mean, it is. And, and the thing is, is they're really easy. Once you find them, you find hundreds of them typically. I mean, it, it is once you find a patch, you find a whole bunch of them. And again, for the kids, it's engaging it's they might not eat them but but they're gonna use their little hands and they got their you know i get my kids little knives and they're out there cutting them uh, and and doing all that fun stuff it's it's an absolute blast and then like i have photos and these will be in the newsletter but i have photos there was a trip where the kids and i picked 10.2 pounds of morel mushrooms wow 10.2 pounds mushrooms are not heavy <laughs> no they are not and but it was we just hit this this weekend where it was absolutely the most ideal conditions that you could ever have and um again just being present and, yeah. and being there you know the neat part about um mushroom hunting also is kids don't don't figure out that how far they've hiked Okay. Oh yeah, no, because they're they occupied by everything. They're occupied by other things, and so they're not understanding how far they just hiked. Because we would also, uh, I ended up taking the kids on a hike as as we got into the beginning of summer. So we do the mushroom hunting through April and May, and now summer is upon us. It's camping season, right? Now, now we're going. We're going to go to the lakes. We're going to go to the streams. By the end of the summer, we're huckleberry picking and. Um, the first trip that we did for the summer kind of kickoff was, uh, as a child, a very place, a, a fond place that I had in my memory bank was this gold mine, um, that is located in the Mount Hood National Forest. Uh, it is unmarked on a map. You would have to have been to it to know that it exists. Right. And it is a decommissioned gold mine and it is a three mile hike in three mile hike out and the hike going in. My kids hated me. Tears, tears falling. Oh tears. no! They're 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 not happy with with going up the hill. They're I mean, it was all the things. You know, the the trail was hard. The things were hard. And at some point, um, I think B was the one that had the tears flowing in this conversation. My younger, my younger, my son, uh, and he's he's crying. You know, we're 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 probably two thirds. I mean, we're real close three quarters of the way there. We're, we're almost there. Yeah. And he's saying he's tired. He doesn't want to keep going. He wants to turn around. I said, listen, if we get to that gold mine and it's one of the coolest things you've ever seen, wouldn't it be worth it to say that you got to it than not? And, and ultimately he comes to the conclusion that, yeah, let's get there. If, if, if I've already gone three quarters so far, I can do the next quarter. Are you, are you nervous at that moment of time to say if we get there? He's like, this sucks, man. What are you doing? <laughs> no, because I remembered it as a kid. And my kids, especially my son, B, he is very similar to me. And yeah. I know that he would enjoy this because this particular gold mine is very unique in the idea that um, you can actually see the gold in all the walls. Uh, it's Whoa. just there. Uh, 
I, we brought back samples of it. But the reason it was decommissioned and, to, and nobody wants to go for it is because it's low quality gold. Um, it, it's very soft um, in, in nature, but you can see it in the walls. I mean, everywhere, just sprinkled. I mean, it's crazy. That's and awesome. with the tunnel, you know, the cave itself uh, is probably 100, 100 yards long, 75, 100 yards long. Um, and we, we had a blast. The, the cool part about it at the end was we're hiking back, right? And we all know as we grow up, the trip going there is always longer than the trip going back. Always. Because all of a sudden, when you're coming back, you have the landmarks. You know that if I see this tree, I'm this close to my destination, right? Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the unknown of where we're going that, that puts us in a paralyzing fear of, Ooh. I don't want to do this anymore. You got right? to jot that down, man. That, that, that's, that's some deep thoughts by it, Ben. It, it is, like, but, it's, but it's the truth, right? It it's, is. We don't know where we're going, so I'm just going to not do that thing out of the fear and the pain of what I'm currently experiencing. Get beyond that. Be, go beyond the, the existing now and move into where you want to be. And so we continued hiking. Um, so on the way back, they were all giggles. They had gold in their hands. They're, I like gold. Oh, I love <laughs> but they have... But and, and so we would make, you know, there were crossing these landmarks and they'd, be, they'd say things like, oh, I remember this log when we crossed over it. We're almost there. Like we're, we're this close. And it's like and, the, and they can say things like the next thing we're going to see is this this tree or this identifying marker, whatever it is. Um, so that was like our first trip. And then the next thing I wanted to do with my kids was go to a place again we all do this as parents. We take them to places that we were fond of, right? Sure. That we have core memories of to develop those core memories. And I'm no different. And um, there is a lake. Uh, that lake uh, is in, the, again, it's in the Mount Hood National Forest because um, that's a lot of where I grew up as a kid. And um, it is a, it's 12 miles going in by car, but it's the last four miles it's been referred to as a goat trail. Okay. It's, like it's not, it's not what you would call a road. I mean, okay. it's a, like, like it's, it has the ability to handle a vehicle going down it, but this is not safe. I mean, it, okay. it, it's not, it's not great. And, um, we, 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 we went there. Okay. So there's 13 weekends in the summer. Uh, I was there 10 of those weekends. The kids wow. were there five or six of those weekends. And, um, we, we had a, a camp spot that we just loved. Um, and so you, know, so you sleep in tents. So, so we did, well, the other purchase that I, made, that's another thing that I say that is not good for this guy. This guy likes his bed and I like a bathroom to go to at nighttime. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, there is a tent. The tent exists on the top of my truck. It's a, it's a CVT tent. So oh yeah. Like a vehicle tent. Um, I ended up doing, ultimately my goal is to be outdoors as much as possible. So my, my truck is fitted to do those things. It's it, I can, I can throw two boxes of gear in the back of the truck and I can survive a weekend, uh, maybe longer. Uh, quite you are bear grills, dude. That's your name. Yeah. Let's go. It's fun. It's fun out there. So, you know, when we got out to the lake, um, you know, a lot of the things that we wanted to get into, um, were, 
obviously we do some fishing. We got some, we got into some fishing, but the kids just like they're not they're not super into going after the animals part, like right. fishing and hunting. That's not their vibe. They're down for for finding mushrooms, finding berries, finding rocks, but and, and maybe right, go it's like a, it's like a uh, a hide and seek it's like a fun thing to go try to find and you exactly. discover and things like that yeah absolutely absolutely so have you ever tried geocaching out that way or uh i don't i've never done geocaching myself um not for any particular reason except i just never have gotten into it but like when we got out there one the other purchase that i made was i got myself a paddle board um the kids had kayaks and so i could bring our gear in on the truck and you know have watercraft and we're swimming in lakes scuba dive or not scuba that's cool man. And, um you know the, the lake itself is the, the lake itself is interesting it's 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 a high mountain lake it sits at about five thousand five hundred feet of elevation um you can't actually get to the lake until right around end of june beginning of july fourth of july mm -hmm. weekend um somewhere right in there because of the snowpack that we get in oregon and but the, the lake itself is warmer than the air temperature so you'll see steam it's, it's a, like when you're it, there it's like you can sit in it and it's almost like a sauna it's great um That's so we cool. got into doing all that fun stuff uh the other things that we would harvest at the lake we got i got a whole bunch of crawdads i absolutely love craw and they are not crawfish they are not crayfish they are crawdads well yeah i think that they're, they're, listen that's up for debate man that's up for debate because there's a lot of people that say a lot of things and they're all wrong except for me <laughs> every one of them um i've heard so, crayfish crayfish i've heard that so now here's here's my unique experience coming out of that lake i'm alone uh so like i said i have the kids split weekends right so some weekends i'm alone some weekends i have the kids you guys are co-parenting and and co-parenting champs i'm I, it's i love the, the the relationship that hannah and i have it's so freaking amazing um but on my second trip or no no, no sorry on my first trip because i went in alone first before the kids before i took the kids in because i wanted to make sure that i could get there right just with the snowpack and everything so as i'm coming back out after a long weekend it was actually fourth of july weekend um, because it was my birthday weekend, June 30th. And then it rolls into 4th of July. I took the long weekend. I was gone for five days. That's how I spent my 40th birthday. Everybody asks, what'd you do for your 40th? I was alone and I loved every freaking <laughs> bit of it. I, do, I don't do parties. I don't do presents. Yeah. I want to be in solitude. Um, so on my way out though, after this amazing weekend that I had, um, there were, there's trees that fall down across the, the goat trail road and I'm in a truck and there's some of these trees that I was like, okay, remember this tree, be, like as I'm coming out, because I think it's going to be real tight for me to kind of get around and maneuver around it without scraping up the truck real bad. Sure. And sure enough, I'm coming out and I see this, the, tr one of the trees that I identified as a danger, Right. Uh, and sure enough, I hit it with my tree or with my truck. Right now, I, I didn't like hit it head on or anything like that. But I, I heard like it rake against the, the oh, back side of my worst. truck. And I was like, OK, so I get beyond the tree after I've committed to hitting it. Right. I'm about 20, 30 yards beyond the tree and I get out. And so this is the scene. OK, so I'm in the middle of the road the scene. Let's go. I'm in the middle of the road. I get out of my truck. I have no phone in my hand. I, my goal is to identify whether or not I have just like dented the passenger side of my truck or maybe made a big scratch. 
right? So I walk around the back of the truck. As I walk around the back of the truck, I look at the tree that's laying across the road, right? To identify if the tree is missing any limbs that would be attached now to my truck, right? Yep. There's nothing. It's all good. I was like, okay, sweet. So then I do that thing where we kind of like look down like the, the, the sidewall of the truck. I'm like leaned over, you know, kind of from the back uh, passenger side. I'm leaned over. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, everything looks ship shape here, right? Uh, we're good to go. I turned back around. Now, when the, the way that I turned around is important because what I did was I turned away from the truck and I turned back toward the tree. As I turned back toward the tree, I look at the tree again. And as I look at the tree again, right above the tree, I see an ear flick. Just it goes like this. It goes like this right above the tree, 10 yards, Wait, 10 what? yards on the other side of it. Little ear goes like that. And no shit, there is a wolf, a gray wolf what? standing in the middle of the road. Uh, Bring it down. Now, a couple of things. In Oregon, we have a known population of 175 wolves. Um, they uh, they have migrated in great, great numbers. There's We could get into a whole debate on whether they should be here or should not be here, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. What I will say is I was always – I thought I'd seen a wolf a few years ago with the kids uh, on a mushroom hunt, actually. And I, I did not see a wolf on that. I, I know that now because when you see a wolf, you they, you do not mistake it for a coyote. Like there's no there there's no mistaking. And for me, it's in the legs. the The legs of a coyote are quite thin. They're just they're dainty. They're just they're bounding. You know what I mean? Wolf. They they they're are massive. Huge. This animal probably weighed 140 pounds. Wow, I bet, I bet 140. Um, now, so I see the wolf, right? I'm at the back of my truck. The only way for me to get to my, to the door of my truck would be to turn my back on the wolf. We ain't turning backs on wolves. Oh, uh, no, that's not no. the game. That's not the game. I'm going to be like Homer Simpson and back away really slowly into the, into the bush where he goes. <laughs> and he just kind of absorbs. <laughs> he absorbs into it. So me and this wolf are looking at each other for about I would bet 45 seconds and I'm just, I'm in awe. Like, I'm not, the weird part was I'm not scared there. Mm. I was not afraid, but I was, I was aware of what this was. Right. And I'm not going to make a different move or anything like that. That's going to make this animal turn on whatever predation thing it has. Right. 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 Um, but I sat there and I observed the animal for what it was. And it just stood all like quartered broadside to me. Um, I would say this wolf, it's a gray wolf, but it is a, it was more dark than gray, but as it got to the tail, it got more gray than dark. And then the tip of the tail was much darker. Mm -hmm. Um, after that 45 seconds or so, so the wolf is at about 40 yards from me. The wolf suddenly moves from the road to the right, right. It, it, and with speed, not away from me, but more like. Like Imagine, a sidewalk, like yeah, a, like a yeah, exactly. Like it's moving to the side, like just kind of maneuvering around me, almost. He's got his eyes on you the whole time. Um, no, actually, I think oh, it, okay. it actually kind of made a move, like it was it was going to leave. But in my mind, I was like, okay, this is now. Now that I I see it moving in a certain direction, right? I make my move to my phone in the truck, and now I've been on TikTok for two years. I've hit the record button so many times. <laughs> So many times. <laughs> I swear to you, I hit, I thought I hit this record button. And I'm doing this thing where I'm holding 
phone at chest, right? And 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 I think that I'm recording, and I'm not. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm doing this thing where I'm at the door, and I'm like, okay, the wolf was here, and I'm I'm like, I'm trying to identify, see where the wolf is now, right? Because it it wasn't moving away, like away from me. It was moving around me, and I'm trying to find it on the on the side of the truck, and it's I can't see it. Then I turn my head to my left, and then the phone follows, right? And no joke, that wolf is standing back in the middle of the road, 10 yards closer. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I oh, you didn't want to be on camera. I see. I My see. fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, I gave I gave the, the, the wolf the courtesy nod. Uh, we stood and we looked at each other for about another 20 seconds. I was not going to move closer. I'm at the at the door of my truck now. We're good. And this and that's the other thing about the, the like coyotes and, and, and wolves. This this animal was not afraid of me. Like it was not oh. of me. This this animal knew that it was it was in charge. Right. Wow. And, and I could feel that. Um, but yeah, that was my first wolf encounter. And then it darted to the left and it was gone and I never saw it again. I marked it on my map where I saw it. Uh, I saw a national forest truck as I was coming out there. They were going into the camp um, to see if the road was clear. And I said, yeah, I just, I just 200 yards back, just, just came across a wolf. And they're like, Holy shit. Oh, no way. And I was like, yeah, 100%. This was a wolf sighting right there. Like it was right there. So, um, yeah, super. So insane, dude. That's so insane. It was, it was great. So by the end of the summer, right. The kids and I continue to travel in there. We saw bears, uh, multiple bears. Um, we had black bears up here for the most part. Yeah. We had deer in camp. Like quite literally, I woke up in my tent and there's deer five in, in my camp, five yards, like, like 15 feet from me, just milling about, just doing their thing, being deer. He give you the head nod too. He's like, oh yeah, they all do. They all give me the head nod. Um, is, it, is it the nod up or the nod down? Because if it's the nod up, it means yeah, man, it's all good. If it's down, it's like, how you doing? Yeah, you doing? I, I know where you are. Exactly. It's a howdy. It's a howdy. Tip of the hat. Yeah. How do you do? Um, how do you do? Lots of critters out there. We saw eagles. We saw you know so many different things. It was super cool. Um, but by the end of the summer, that's when the huckleberries come out in in Oregon. What are huckleberries? Um, are those flowers? Are they? No, huckleberries are, are are think of a blueberry but sweeter. Um, okay. more, well, so actually, it's fruit. It's, yeah, fruit. Uh, but think tart. Um, it's okay. it's a tart, a more tart berry because the sugars are compressed because they have a shorter grow season. So um, they typically are a little bit more tart to the taste, uh, but super high in antioxidants, all those things. Um, we, me and the kids ended up picking enough berries to do 28 cups of huckleberry jam. Um, wow. And I'm still eating on that. If I have any left, I, I promise I'll send you some, but I'm, you might be next. Stat. That needs to happen tomorrow. I did send some to the likes of Morg and Meg, you know, Steph, the, the, the ladies. And uh, they, they her, actually Steph's husband's like, um, I need him to send me more. Yes. <laughs> like, it's really good. It is really good stuff. But uh, yeah, so 20 I, I've just never had Huckleberry. So for me to be able to say that I put Huckleberry, I, I can say it fancy like this and go, I put Huckleberry jam on my toast. Thank you so much. Okay. I put the Huckleberry jams. Here's the thing. Huckleberry jam is good for pancakes, toast, bread products in general, yeah. right? Banana. Oh, it's really good on banana bread. All jokes, oh. jokes intended. Um, so but the other thing that it's really great on is vanilla ice cream. Like just 
amazing flavor. So uh, the huckleberries were a huge hit. We had an absolute blast. You know, the interesting part was there's there's other campers out there, right? In in this in this camp spot, and the kids and I, we would play cards card games at night, but we would also pick berries at night because it's cooler. Um, and you can actually, because you have your headlamps on, you can see the berries easier. It's there massive. is no way in Sam's hell that I'm going out in the dark. Hold on, wait a minute, Ben. This is what I've done. Okay, guys, listen, listen. We in in the 40 minutes that we've talked so far. Here we go. This is what I want you guys to hear. We've heard about snakes. We've heard about well, we haven't heard about the scorpions, but I know the scorpions are around right now. Mm-hmm. We've heard about deadly caves we've heard about a wolf that's uh, a few feet away from you we've heard about killer trees that want to be able to de- destroy vehicles bambi coming by to each like uh, like and you want to go out at nighttime with headlamp yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, and the, it was so fun we would go picking like for an hour or two at night we'd play cards and you know we would take a break between playing cards and go pick berries it was an absolute blast um but i would have other campers come up and be like, they'd see us picking these berries. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, we're picking huckleberries. And they're like, wait a minute, all of these berries around camp are edible? And I was like, every single one of them is edible. You can, <laughs> and I was like, you could eat. I was like, I picked one. I just ate it right in front of them. And, you know, like part of being outside, right? There, there's always this conversation that happens with non-hunters uh, or, or foragers in general, right? Um, it, is the idea that, you're taking life, right? Like, I understand that there's, there's life sure. taken in hunting. Um, yep. and how can you do that and not feel right? Like, how right. can you, how can you go through that experience and not feel? And it's not that I don't feel it's that I feel incredibly, incredibly um, amazed at the opportunity and the blessing that I have. The interesting part is, and I would tell people this over and over again, this animal behind me, Alfred cried over him. Really? Right? Actual tears, yeah. I, I almost ever. I can't think of a big game animal. I can't think of a big game animal that I've taken that I have not cried over. Um, and a lot of it, what happens is, is there's a lot of adrenaline that comes, right? Sure. Just the adrenaline of hunting. But then, then there is this release, and the release happens when you see that animal's the, the life leave that animal's eyes, and that's that's the end. Um, a lot of times what for me it is, is I will place my hands on that animal, feel its warm body and whatever that exchange is of that energy, I'm brought to tears. Uh, yeah. and it's not, it doesn't sit there and laugh. It's not like, you know, sobbing forever, but it sure. is very emotional. It's very, um, it's again, it's an awareness of, of what it is you just did. Right. Being in the but, moment. Yeah. Being in the moment. Um, and so uh, I, I think of it as a blessing to be able to do those things, you know, and, and, yeah, and see, I'm, see, I'm not, a, I'm not a hunter. I'm not a forager. I do fish, but I, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a hunter, but, and, and, but the thing about it is I, I'm not one of those guys that is like, Hey, why are you hunting? Why are you? Cause I, I understand that concept of it. Hey, you know, I, there was, was one guy that I saw that was on, um, you ever watch the, uh, outdoor show naked and afraid where they get like naked and they go out into the you know yeah. and they you know all this stuff well there's this one guy that's on there and he reminds me of exactly what you just said he was he's like a big game hunter and he's like this really outdoorsy kind of guy and there was this one i think it was like a warthog or something like that or whatever that they found and they were out in the wilderness and he did the same thing when he killed this 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 animal with an arrow 
he went over to it and spent almost five to ten minutes just with his hands on the animal and he was thanking and and all yeah. this different stuff or whatever and it was an emotional experience and I, I didn't understand that concept until I really thought about it where if you grew up hunting and you grew up being around that and you grew up around you know using it for food and using it for those kind of things and and of course it's the thrill of it and then the endorphins and all the things yeah. that go through with it it's just one of those things it's a total experience and I know some people experience it with like exercise high if they go for marathon Absolutely. runs or those kind of things it's very Absolutely. similar with the way your brain works it's it is it is it, it's very similar in that way it is it is whatever you know for me i work out so that i know i can go do the hunting activities these animals that i'm after they don't live in what i would consider hospitable environments they are it is wicked out there and to be able to go get them i got to be in good shape uh, otherwise right. it hurts really bad and or and it just and it can be unsafe more than anything like and that that's a big part of it too, um, but yeah so you know as as the summer came to a close uh, September and the fall came and um, I I I was blessed to draw a deer and an elk tag this year and in my deer hunt is it a lottery uh, there is that is that is that what it is well, yeah of? it's it's a raffle style kind of concept multiple limited tag numbers more applicants than tags available like so the moose the moose, the moose hunts here yep. yep same thing same basic concept and um what ended up happening was um so my sense of it for the universe and what it had its purpose for me this last year was everything about this year was preparing me for many things that were going to come, especially in this fall. But even beyond that, I know there's things that are coming down the line that are that I will have been prepared for. And I did a lot more solo trips than I've ever done. To give you an idea, my first solo trip I did was shortly after divorce and I had never been out in the woods solo. I'd always had my dad or my best friend with me. Right. Being alone out and doing it was very different. It's there. You, you, you do things a little bit differently when you don't have another human being to rely on for whatever, whatever needs to be done. And um, for my deer hunt, I had drawn a tag and I was expecting my father to go. And uh, unfortunately he, uh, tested positive for COVID the day that we were supposed to leave. And so he's like, sorry, I'm not going to go. I was like, no problem. I'll get out there, see what I can do. So I spent the first th three, four days out there uh, on my own alone doing my thing. And um, some people can't handle that, man. Some people cannot handle the, the quiet of being by yourself. Yeah. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I get to hiking out in the, and so this environment again is, is high desert kind of area, big stage junipers and stuff like that. And, um, I ended up, uh, I, I did bring my dog Indy with me because I felt like that was more safe than, than solo, solo. Sure. So Indy was tagging along every step of the way. And on the, the first night, um, of that, uh, that I get done hunting, I'm, I've got my headlamp on and I'm standing over my stove. I'm cooking dinner, right? I'm cooking my dinner that I'm going to have. And then it's pretty much cook dinner, jump in the, the, the bag and maybe journal and read or whatever and go to bed. Yeah. Well, as I'm cooking, my garbage little can that I think that I bring with me is right next to me on, cause it's like a little kitchenette thing that I have out there. And with my headlamp on and dark is coming I see something skitter out from underneath the 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 garbage 
thing. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I what looked could that be? What could that be? What could that be? And again, I'm in the desert. Uh, I looked down and no joke, there it is. It's scorpion. Oh. It was a scorpion, right? And now, a couple things. Um, I have only seen one other scorpion that in my entire life. Uh, or no, well, in Oregon, I'd only seen one. And I had seen it with my grandfather. Coincidentally, my grandfather passed away in May. And that, that particular grandfather. And um, when I saw this scorpion with my grandfather at a very young age, six, seven years old, I could only see its claw, its little, its little claw, you know, little, little grabber thing, because he was wedged between a, between a rock. And he wasn't big, but I really had no, I couldn't see his body, didn't see this thing or nothing like that. Right. So that was my first encounter. This is being my second. I see this whole ass scorpion and it's yeah, about that, that long. I don't know. That's big enough. It's big enough. Um, my first instinct was catch it like that. Like, like, oh, I, <laughs> how is that your first instinct? First instinct, catch it and then get pictures of it and start getting these pictures back to people that need to see it. So, yeah. So I catch this scorpion. Now, mind you, again, because I'm an Eagle Scout and I'm expecting to also pick up rocks, I bring little Tupperwares, like little like one pint Tupperwares, right? So I had a Tupperware ready to go and I scooped this little scorpion up, put him in the Tupperware. And I sent, you know, I, I got service. I got phone service the next day or something like that. And I sent pics to my, my dad and the kids. And I was like, I asked my dad, have you ever seen one of these? He's like, no, I've never seen one. Like we don't have many scorpions in Oregon. Oh, we have only one known species and they are going to be too cold up there for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I sent the picture to my son B and my daughter Peyton. And uh, ultimately their reaction told me that I needed to bring it home so that they could see it in person. Cause that's logical. Um, totally logical. Yes. So I the scorpion and then bring him home as a pet. Home. As a pet. So I so my thought process here is I'm gonna bring him home and then I'm gonna go back deer hunting the next weekend. So I'll just bring the scorpion back with me and I'll let him go on my next trip. Well, that didn't happen. No. Well, well, I did go back, but I didn't take you have fallen back. in love with the scorpion. Tell us all. You have yeah, you I are now have a love for the scorpion. Super cool. So so I go, I get the scorpion home, and um it's like you know that time of year when you get flies just like house flies right yep. i start like like not killing the flies but wounding them right Are you catching them like mr miyagi were you going well, and then not drop like them? Well, I, mean, I mean i would i would like bat them right and then i would like <laughs> twist one of their little wings so they couldn't fly anymore and i'd put them in their little in the cage with the scorpion and the next morning that fly is gone right <laughs> i'm like this guy's eating good so you feed him um, prime rib, prime yeah. rib, and he's getting like easy meals. He's not even having to hunt, you know. <laughs> like this is great. So uh, then the fish store that we go to, uh, I was telling them about this scorpion I had caught because I was getting some fish food or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, I got an aquarium that would I, I could sell to you for dirt cheap, but it's I mean it's a, a reptile aquarium. Here you go, and it's, so it's just a little low profile, two three gallon thing with a with a screen on top." absolutely perfect for what i'm doing so i was like well this scorpion is gonna at least stay with me through the winter and we'll just see so uh the the scorpion its name is very i, I love it here name. we go i know the name of this because I've, I've i you shared with it on my on my live tell us the name and i'm gonna do my voice let's exactly. go so first uh i always i'm very curious about things the, the latin name genus and species is eulunctus mordax and eulunctus mordax 
And so the scorpion's name is Mordax, M-O-R-D-A-X. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to a theater near you, Mordax. <laughs> Dude, when you told me that, I couldn't stop, man. I was like, <laughs> it sounds like a superhero slash somebody exactly. that really hurt you with that sting hurt. Right? Um, so this particular scorpion is poisonous. Um, for the, the for my child size, uh, it could technically kill them. Oh, gee, uh, what about you? And for me and my size, I would probably lose uh, one of my limbs wherever it got me for the best oh. of the while. Um, so, I mean, they're 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 poisonous. So I don't I don't mess with the scorpion much. I right. have brought it out on a live with some forceps. I was not there for that. Thank goodness, because otherwise I would have I would have left your live at that moment in time. <laughs> they're so cool, though. The one thing I will tell you that you're not prepared for is how they move. Um, like it's hard to explain, but because they, so they're an arachnid, just like a a standard spider, right? They fall in that same category, but what they do is their body actually kind of contorts around rocks and it almost looks like it's slithering. No, man, no, there's no reason for this. There's no reason for that. Super cool. Um, so Mordax is in my house. Uh, he is safe. Well, uh, he eats crickets. I get him. I go pick up 10 small crickets every two weeks. So he's getting. Are, can you hear the crickets? No, actually, these crickets are so small. They don't have their little chirp thing yet. So they're okay. not super noisy because that would that actually would not be OK for me. That would have drove me bananas. I like, would not be able to do that. Is it is the cricket? I would not be able to do that in this house. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I came back with a scorpion this year. The, here's the other thing I'm going to tell you. And I told you this story, I think, on that live. But I don't know if you were there for the story, but. It is not uncommon for me to bring things back, right? right? I think one question I get asked all the time from followers, from friends and family, whatever it is, is do you ever come back empty-handed? The answer is no, I do not come back empty-handed. Either I will come back with rocks, game, fish, whatever it is, scorpions, I'm coming home. So why is that? Why is that? I Curiosity. Um, I was going to say, do you think of it as like a challenge? Like, yes, so, like yeah. yeah, I'm very curious about how, like, the, the fact that these fish had babies, right? That, that, that is a proud moment for me that I've created an environment that they want to procreate in, right? The fact that I have this scorpion that has now lived for two months underneath me, that I'm, I'm proud of that because I can take care of this animal. Like, I think that's cool. So here's my other example. At the age of 17, uh, I was about to graduate high school um, and uh, we were floating down a river as one does in the springtime fishing. Of course. And uh, I came upon an egg, a relatively large egg. And it was on an island. And I, I picked it up. And I was like, well, my sister and I had done a science experiment maybe five to seven years prior where we actually incubated chicken eggs and hatched them and did a whole – but we had an incubator at home already set. So I brought this egg from the river home. And I, you know, I have parents that are just freaking awesome because, like, I'm, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, anyway, my parents were like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. That's yeah. logical. Whatever. Find a big fat egg, bring it home. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of incubate we'll it. With it. Right? Uh, so we incubate the egg. 30 days later, no joke, it hatches. And it's a goose. It is a Canadian, a full wow. goose. Um, I grew up on about five, six acres of property. 
And um, we had other farm animals there also. So we made a goose pen for this goose. Uh, the goose's name was Lucy. Are um, gooses mean? Are geese, goose, geese mean? Yes, they yeah. are very mean. Uh, yeah. Actually, very mean to the degree that my grandmother um, <laughs> had. So the the goose had impre impressed it or impre impressed. What is it when they when they decide who mom is? What is what is that like? Not sure. Impression, whatever it is. The yeah. first impression was actually my mother, right? My mother was there when the goose hatched. And so okay. my the goose was attached to my mom, not me, because I was at school. Mm. But the goose was fine with me because I was, you know, there and all that fun stuff. So, but my grandmother was not. And we had the goose out flying one night because we would take the goose out of the pen. We had these five acres and it would just go flying in circles, do circles, 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 and then come land. Well, one of those nights, my grandmother came down from her house and walk, was walking down the property. And as like a guard dog, this goose goes after my grandmother. Her legs were so bruised from wing beats. I mean, it was it was it was brutal. It yeah, was, I heard they're mean and they're, and and they're and they're, they're strong and they're oh, like yeah. they'll come at you. They do. They they are not. Uh, but they're great guard animals. Like if you have property and you have geese on that property. You're going to know if something's wrong on that property. Those geese will let you know. They're not, really? not going to mess around. Um, so, yeah, it's not uncommon. Like, just so you know, like, this is the other thing. The goose was so popular, right? Like, it would get out of its pen sometimes and just go into the neighborhood that was around our five acres. And we would get calls. And people were like, hey, Lucy's out of the pen. Uh, she's fine down here. But, you know, you might want to come get her at some point. But she's just eating grass in the front yard. But they, everybody knew her, right? <laughs> Um, and then it was so fun because then, you know, school figures out that I have a goose and we had like this little um, like nature area that was like in the middle of our school and it had a little pond in it. And I took the goose to school one day and just where do you live, my friend? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do you live with like an episode of National Geographic? You have a pond in a, in a nature reserve in the middle of your school? It was like a little, it was like a little nature. I don't remember. It was, yeah, but there was a little pond in the middle of this school and, and it had, and it, I, I, they were like, yeah, while we're in class, why don't you just have Lucy just go out in the pond? I was like, that makes sense. She's not going to go anywhere. So that's what I did. So I ended up that goose, uh, Lucy, uh, it, Lucy would end up becoming, it was a male. We, we'd miss, uh, miss, miss. Oh, yeah, gender. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, listen, listen, guys, uh, I'm, I'm a tough Lucy. I'm a tough I'm Lucy. Exactly. I'm a tough Lucy today. Um, but we had that goose for two years and it flew away, got out of its pen and flew away on like January 2nd or 3rd of the year, the, the second year that we had it. And, uh, it was it was really cool. Like but you wonder what it was thinking after it had been just flying. It always came back and it was always good to go. But then one day it just went. You know what, dude? I'm I'm flying the coop. I'm I'm yeah. out of here. See you later. Well, so what we think happened was that's also when the migration happens for geese. Oh, he just yeah. latched on and it, it heard it. It most likely heard um, other geese over the top of it and was like, "Oh, those are my friends. Go yeah. and just and got out." Yeah, at least they'll call me a guy. Like seriously, they'll. they'll <laughs> They're not gonna get it wrong. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the but the the I don't come back empty-handed. I will yeah. find rocks. I will find something that I come back with me that is relatively sentimental uh, to the trip that I took. Um, and it, it, it's it's always been that way. Uh, even growing up as a kid, when I was five and six years old, tagging along with dad, I would 
find the little things right. that I'm going to bring back with me. But it was always the curiosity of nature and how it worked that I wanted to be involved with. Um, you know, like for the longest time when I went to college, I wanted to be a, a, a biologist. I wanted to be a fish and wildlife biologist. And then you figure out that that's and right, now you paint houses. Yeah. Well, cause I figured out that that's a lot more paperwork and bureaucratic crap that I don't want to deal with than <laughs> just, than just going and looking at fish. So right. I wasn't going to turn my hobbies into a career. Cause that's, I think the death of a lot of hobbies sometimes yeah. um, it becomes too laborious. And it's like work. Yeah. It's just, it yeah. takes the fun out of it. So, you know, it was, uh, that's what I do. I, I think yeah. that the, oh, so you know, as everybody knows on the podcast and everything else, we always talk about you know uh, whether it's hidden messages or a bigger meaning behind things. And and the thing about it is that what I what I love to hear, even though I, I know I, I give you a ribbon for the National uh, Wildlife uh, Federation uh, plug that you do every single time you're on a live or whatever. But here's what I noticed, Ben. This is what I noticed. Whenever you come back from any of those times when you're away for the weekend or whatever, you go live. Yeah. I noticed this is what I noticed. I noticed there's a peace and a calm about you. Oh. It's like it's like literally I noticed it every single time. And and I and I, I could see it. It's just painted on the screen where you're not stressed out. You're not you're not like, you know, yeah. even though you're a pretty laid back guy anyway, but it's still it's like you could see it's just like, okay, I feel like I'm in my Zen. I feel like yeah. I'm in a good place. I brought some rocks back. I did this. And all of us are going, you bring rocks back, and he finds so much excitement in rocks. How could he? But you know what it does, dude? What it tells me is that you're doing what you love to do outside of even, well, I mean, uh, we always we talk about box painting and we talk about mm -hmm. your your business that you own and and giving people opportunities to do business and everything else. But here's the thing. What I love about it is, is that you don't stay, you don't veer too far off of the things that you love and the things you're doing that, that find peace with you, with Absolutely. your kids, with you and everything. I find that it to be inspirational. I think that that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you know... There's something about being out there with the kids uh, that's really important um, for me. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is, it, when I get out there with the kids, so I asked my kids a question. Uh, this was April of this year. Cause so April would have been a full year that we were completely divorced. Yeah. Uh, separation. We're coming up on two years of being separated. So, but at April of this year, we were divorced for a full year. I was with the kids in the house um, on a, on a, one of our Wednesday night things. And my son being my son, uh, he's in his bath. He's in the bathroom taking a poop. Right. And for some reason, what is it with kids and they take poops and they, the, the doors open, you know what I mean? They can hear everything going on in the house. And my daughter, okay. By the way, on a side note, I got one of these poopery things that I just picked up today. So that just reminded me of it, man. Like seriously. But my daughter and I are sitting on the couch and um, all of a sudden I had this question pop into my head that I wanted to ask my kids. Yep. And I've gotten into the habit of asking them questions like this um, or, or relatively deep questions. But the question was, as we've approached a year of being mom and I are divorced, you know, yep. co-parenting is going great. You know, the kids, we, we had them in therapy for a little bit, but the therapist said, no, these kids are really well adjusted. Everything's going well. School stuff was great. Everything's going well. So I asked my daughter, and but my son could hear me from the other room. I said, do you think that, um, do you think that I'm more calm and less stressed now that we're kind of, we're a year mm. post-divorce what what is your what are you what is your observable things for dad? You know what I mean. Right. And my daughter is eleven, um, 
she's and she's very bright. She she gets social cues real well. Like yeah. she she's real dialed in on that. And the funny part was is that after I asked the question, do you think I'm more calm, less stressed? My son hears the question from the bathroom and from the toilet says, "Oh yeah, way <laughs> less stressed, way more calm." And the, my my daughter, because my next question was, "Do you think mom is less?" less stress and more calm in, in her daily life. Right. And my daughter and what she said was very profound uh, because she, she put it on a scale. She said, if you, and not that again, my, my ex and I's marriage was actually fantastic. I think we had a great marriage. Yeah. Um, it, we just aren't each other's person. That's right. And, and I had a lot of work to do on my own. Sure. That's for me. But my daughter, what she said was, if you and mom were at 10 of, of stress, when on a, on a one, to, one to 10 scale, you and mom are both at a 10 when you're married. You move to a one, mom moved to a five upon divorce. It, every, all, like it's just dissipated. Whatever it was that was there um, that was causing that level yeah. of, and it just anxiety. I don't know what it is. Angst. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was gone. And I could be myself. She's being herself, living her best life. And I found it fascinating that that they were able to or my daughter was able to articulate that. And that they're, we we often think that our children, they don't see or they don't hear. They don't, you know, like they're too young to know. Yeah, yep. they're too, they, they always have earmuffs on. They don't have any earmuffs on. They yep. know exactly what's happening. They know all of it. They better just start making it that way because they know yep. what's coming. Um. But yeah, for them to have that presence and then to be able to communicate it to me, that was a very proud moment. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way I've told uh, Hannah, and, and Hannah agrees with this, I would give us a B minus in marriage. Like if I were C plus B minus, I think that if I was to grade it, but in divorce, it's a freaking A. We get an A in divorce. We are great co-parents. The, the relationship is fantastic. I mean, it's just, we like- at one point in uh that's rare though by the way i'm not gonna lie it's that that's it's really uh, you should give you well, both of you a pat on the back for that so and you're a football fan you'll appreciate this so two aprils ago now we're we're two weeks away from being divorced two weeks away uh from finalizing and signing papers and it's done i'm actually still living at her house right and it's it's tense i mean it's yeah. it, it's not comfy it, 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 no. right like it, it's not comfy. And um, the reason I was living there was because I was actually in a non-talking space with my mother. So I could not live at their house while I'm trying to find my new space and bless my saint of an ex wife's heart. She's like, yeah, you can come live here. That's okay. We can make it work. We'll figure it out. Wow. Um, so we, Hannah and I are football fans. You know that the, the, we are Colts fans through and through. Like it's how it is. And in April, that's when the draft happens, right? Now for Hannah and I in marriage, like we're such fans that my daughter's name is Peyton after Peyton Manning. My dog is Indy after an Indianapolis Colts. Like it's what we do. <laughs> so we would for the draft for the first round of the draft, we would both take the day off of work, and we. Oh would yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, yep. I want to know. Where are we going with this team? I, I want to know. You know, give give it to me, Colts. Let's hear it. 
So knowing that the, the draft is on the way, but it's going to be before we're divorced, but we're definitely going to still be living together at that point, even though we're post-divorce. I, in my smart ass way, we're both sitting on the couch. The kids are in bed. We're two weeks before divorce. The commercial for the draft comes up. <laughs> and I turn to her and I go, hey, uh, do you think we're going to watch the draft together this year? <laughs> and she smirked and smiled and laughed and said, you know, we're not friends yet, but I know I can see how we're going to be friends down the line. Yeah. I can see how this works out down the line. And I think that it was that moment where I was like, this is going to be just fine. Yeah. We're like, cool. we're going to have bumps in the road. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but it's not going to be the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I think so often uh, the pressure from our families and friends, when we announce that a divorce is happening, it's a oh, yeah. death. It's a freaking yep. death in the family. It's it is catastrophic. There's so sorry. That's yeah, there, there is nothing that could be possibly worse than this. No, there, it's not that. It's divorce moves the needle. There's no doubt about that. I totally agree. But there are active choices that you can make, and your your now ex partner can make that can make it very easy or very hard. And if you continue to have open communication and honesty about what that is and how you're feeling, you'll work it out. So yeah, man. But yeah, I uh, and there's there's actually a couple of people on TikTok that I follow that um, are great examples of co-parenting. You're yeah. one of them, and the, and then there's I don't know if you follow Steve Bordeaux. Oh yeah, Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah but he's yeah, uh, he's he like he literally he he brings his ex in on the videos to say we're co-parents, and I think that's a really important aspect of like mental health and moving things forward. Because like if you think about it, when uh, uh, the divorce rates at fifty to sixty percent out there anyway, so overall. You know, if people find that they're not compatible, they have to figure out how to be able to navigate that. And if it ends just in this really nasty, gross place, especially when kids are involved. I grew up in a divorced household, so I knew I saw that 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 anger and that angst. You know what I mean? So bravo to you guys to set the example for people that are looking for just even a small inkling of that to go, man, you know what? I, I, I can do this too. You know, I, I really can, you know, and being the example for for those types of people, I think is really important. Well, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? right. Like it, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and say that the divorce was this rosy thing. For no. me. It was tough. It was right. tough. There were really hard days. I can look through my journal and know and talk and go through therapy. Well, I remember seeing you even on your lives. I mean, I could, we could see when you were going yeah. through it. You know what I mean? I think that that, you know, that was a big part of it too, for me was I needed to take a step back from the social media aspect to just digest what my life was going to be moving forward right. right like figure out what it is i'm passionate about and it's not that i'm not passionate about doing social media and being a creator and making content and letting people in on my life i'm i i enjoy that overall but in the the hierarchy of important things social media is never going to get above a lot of things absolutely and it shouldn't um so i think it was a very I didn't, you know, I I wasn't gonna never gonna be the guy that it like announces like I'm I'm gonna take a right. break, I, I, like I'm not that important in your life. No, me neither. You know, so if you don't see me for a while, bye. It's whatever, but yep. I don't need, to, and I'm not gonna make an announcement when I'm back either. That's, hey, <laughs> I'll just get right back. Hey, I hope you laugh. You know, so <laughs> it's yeah, and I think the other thing too is 
I, I do, I have done a couple of trends in the past couple of days. I know that or past week or two, but I wanted to get beyond the trending content and actually create content. Yeah. Um, and, and so the introduction of ski and, and Becky to the idea that they, <sighs> Becky was always a part of who I am, right? Like she is like, I, I am a kind human being. I believe that. If you Hold guys on. don't know who Becky is, it's a character that Ben dresses up as. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> Becky. Becky enters the room. It's not Ben dressed up as. Becky enters the room with glasses and just this whole look with the with the blonde hair and everything it else. And like she has a different vibe. She's a no BS kind of person. Yeah. I very much think of her as this alter ego that is a persona that does exist within me. Right? Like it's I it's there. Is that the only time that it comes out though? No, no. Okay. I mean, I, I can get I can get Becky to come out if somebody upsets me in the business world, right? Got you. You're you're gonna see Becky pop up pretty quick if you get me upset in the in the, in the business. Do you world. slap a wig on and say, "Let's talk"? No, now. It's not like that. But then Ski is the other side of this too. It's this, it's this very chill vibe. We are just here to. Are you like a hipster? Yeah, ski is ski is. Why have I not seen ski? When? How long has ski been out? Like I've only seen Becky. He's he's been in a couple of things. He's. He, oh, I got I gotta go. I I haven't gotten that. That hasn't rolled into my feed. Ski wears a gray wig. He's he's basically a hippie kind of guy. And um, the concept here is going to be that both of these human beings work for me and with me and are my alter egos in box painting. And they are the reason that I have heartache in business. They are the ones that make mistakes and it's their fault. And I have to clean that up. Oh, I so, see. Like, and, and you know, you'll, you'll have to go watch. Well, that. what I love, what I love about the concept of that is maybe the gray hair just means that's who you are in the future. Because if you're living out in the woods, out in the sticks, in the mountains, cause you know, you will be one day, <laughs> you're going to be out there. You have the gray hippie hair and you're going to be there going, Hey man, I just live off the land, bro. I, I, all I, energy. I get the animals. <laughs> they get me. We're good. I got Bambi. I got butterflies. I got all kinds of, I, I'm one with nature guys. <laughs> like literally just having birds fly on my shoulder yes. and just perch there. Yeah. It's, that's exactly how I see it. Exactly. It's, it. Like, but that they are these different personalities. And then there is, so in this scheme, right? There's ski, there's Becky. And then there's me who is D A D T daddy. Right. Yeah. But daddy stands for does all damn things. Right. Like, so it, this is where my content is going to go is I want to create content based on characters that, that are my persona just in a different, different perspective that you're, you might not see in the live, right? Like right. in the live, this is boom, it's here. Right. Uh, but there are, you start talking funny to me and we'll get in a different light, you know? So it's fun. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, so the other question that I have to you is, okay, so I want to just be able to call this to, um, you know, bring it forward a little bit with, as you guys all know, I have a podcast and here's, I am, but so does Ben. Yes. And so Ben, your podcast, and I'm going to put this up on the, uh, on the little ticker here in a second. Your podcast is called the how to with Luke and Ben. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I can just kind of get that word out there because as you could tell guys, this guy's got layers. He's got layers. He's got layers of wild animals, layers, layers of rocks. He's got layers of characters. He's layered. He's, He's very layered. layered. 
like lots of onion layers. Um, so how to with Luke and Ben? Uh, this is we are now completing the second year of this podcast. The new wow, that's episode, awesome. The, the episode, the next episode, will be out. We've done one a month uh, this entire year, and we've been solid on it uh, for Luke and I which we were really excited about just finding some consistency in that. Um, but we talk about all sorts of fun things. Uh, like this last one was how to elk hunt. Uh, so because I just gotten done with my elk hunt and I had, and that's what you were thinking about. And that's where you were at. So it was, this is how I elk hunt. This is what I do. This is the preparation I go through. Uh, you know, and then the experience is the outdoors. So uh, we've done how to how painting stuff and we've done all sorts of how to stuff, um, how to DIY, how to find a contractor. I mean, you name it. What do you uh, find you get out of your podcasting? What do you find you get from it? Like like when you're doing it? Um, I think what do I find that I get from it? Because I, I find with mine, I find it's my audio journal. Like you journal, you yeah. journal and you write this stuff down. For me, because it's a lot of emotional stuff, right? So it's me and a microphone. It's a lot of times I'm not even doing interviews. I, I'm literally just talking into a mic and just rapping yeah. about my life. I think for me, it's more um, informational. Okay. The, the how-to stuff is more going to be more informational. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's not. I mean, there might be funny elements to it, right? But it's going to be more informational based on stories and life experiences that I've had. Um, but it's go But that that is its base is more informational versus the emotional we i mean but i did do i mean that i say that but i got super emotional when we went through the divorce and it was this is how to how to navigate a divorce yeah that, that, you know in, in a way that could be net positive so right um yeah i think it's a lot of informational concepts we should do a how-to podcast on how to do a podcast we could i'm totally down i'm totally down we should do that because I get the question all the time. Every time I'm in my live, I talk about, Hey guys, you want to check out the podcast, go into my bio, check it out, subscribe. And they're always like, Hey, I want to do a podcast. How do you do a podcast? How do you get started? I'm like, Oh man, I could, I could go through a to Z with you, but I'm not going to do that right now. Well, and here's the thing. I am not the one that you would ask that question of just so you know, because everything about podcasting has kind of fallen into my lap. What ended up happening was Luke works right. for Odyssey. Right. Oh wow! And he was, and he was my contact for box painting. He's my sales rep because I do iHeartRadio ads for box painting, and that's how I do it. And yeah. I told him after our my first year of being under contract with Odyssey, I said, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about I want to kind of do a podcast." And sure enough, Luke's like, "Well, I do. I I'm an on air talent for 1080 The Fan here in Portland." Wow. So we could run a podcast right out of the studio here. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, like, 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 holy be, cow, dude, that's the universe telling you this is what you're meant to do. I, and I do believe that too, that the, the universe water always travels in the path of, of least resistance, yep. right? Yep. The universe will do that for you. Also, they will give you the path of least resistance. You, if you feel like you're fighting it, Right, you're in the universe, and, and but but uh, the other part of that is, oh, you got to open up your eyes and your ears to be able to see it, though. You like do. It, sometimes that little path of resistance goes right by you, and you miss it, yep. and you're like, I don't even know what the hell's and happening. How did that happen? Where did it go? Exactly. Well, and my 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 followers would be like, yeah, he, we know that, that, that he misses the path a lot because there's a <laughs> lot of banana bread moments that just go boom right over me. Banana bread moments, dude. Yeah. I love it. Um, but no, it it is it is. 
it is a blessing that I have the people that I have around me, uh, whether it is in business, personal life, all those things. The uh, the tribe that I have, just like and, and you're part of that tribe. I'm part of your tribe. You're part of mine. We, you yes, know, sir. It's 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 what it is. But I am very blessed to have that support structure that um, even to just conversate with. It, it's just right. that's part of it. And uh, I know that. As I look back at these little nuances, this is this was the universe just preparing me for the next thing that's coming. And, you know, I do know the next things that are coming. Uh, they're they're going to be fun. They're going to be big. They're going to be fast. They're going to be, you know, X, Y and Z. But um, and they're going to be work. And that's OK. Uh, but this last year was really about figuring out where and how I'm going to find happiness. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it, it is very specific for me. Um, and I have to have it. If I don't get outside pretty much once every couple of weeks, I start getting cabin fever and it's like, right. I need to know. I gotta, I gotta get this off my chest. Well, I think, I think that's another reason. So I know that we're going to come to close here in a little bit. Cause we're away. I, I usually, we only go for an hour and I love this. So we just keep on, we're just chatty Cathy's over here. We are. So the thing about it is, is that so you what you found in your last relationship with your ex was is that there was a lot there wasn't a lot of compatibility, right? When it comes to marriage wise, it was a good marriage. Like you said, it was a B minus yeah. C plus. But I think that what you found even more so because you've been doing it since you've been a little kid is you're an outdoors guy. You love being out there. You love hunting. You love those kind of things. And to be honest with you, you never know. Maybe it's kind of prepping you mentally to know that this has to be a part of what I do like more specifically and whoever's with me, if there is anybody that's with me, because I'm probably not feeling any pressure to that, but you want to find happiness and you want those kind of things. At the end of the day, if you find somebody that is in tune with you on those things, that matters too. You know what I mean? It really does. I mean, you can be different, but it does matter with those really important things. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, There was a lady that I, uh, I I was seeing for a little while uh, for a few months through the spring we went on a couple trips. We had a good time. It, yeah. She was pretty outdoorsy it, across the board. It was, it was excellent. It was, it was what, like what I told her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. Well, it, okay. <laughs> Part of the reason why my, my marriage ended is because I lied, right? I, I, I did some lying, terrible, gotcha. bad things. Right. Yep. So then I entered this, this relatively short relationship a few months with full honesty around everything, right? Yep. And the interesting part about whether you lie or you're honest, it does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter if you lie or if you're an honest human being. It matters, but it all ends the same way. <laughs> like somebody's feelings get hurt and they get upset and you typically get hung up on and it's done. Like it's just, I find that dichotomy absolutely fascinating because <laughs> it's like, oh, Okay. Okay. This is, yep. this is, so it's, it still ends. It still ends in a relatively negative way, but it's the best it could have ended. Right. Like the, the, so it was so fascinating to me because then I got done with that and I was like, yep, that might be the, 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 the last thing that I like, I'm not going to do dating apps. That will literally never happen. I right. won't do dating apps. If it doesn't happen organically, it doesn't exist. I right. firmly believe that I know that's you. That's your personality. That's your if the universe sends it my way and it's gonna happen, that's what's gonna happen. Like I've got it, I've got it pretty well pinpointed that I live until about 94, 95 years old. And 
if that's with another human being, great. If it's not, that's also great. I can, me and the dogs will be doing just fine out Drink, there. Drinking lemonades on your front porch of your cabin and then Absolutely. going every day and get your food. Like, that's what you do. That's what I want to do. It's so fun. I like it's so, it's just simple. It's just simple. It's so easy, you know? I love it, man. Listen, you, like I said, I know I give you a ration and so does a lot of your, your tribe. We are, we're always like all all over you for stuff, but I, but I love you for it, man. And I think that you, uh, to be honest with you, I love watching some of your incorporation of some of those outdoor stuff, like some of the stuff that I hear from you, but I don't see it until you show me a rock on screen. You're like, look at my rocks. You know (laughs) And I'm like? I don't, that doesn't excite me, but, but at the same time, (laughs) now that you told me the story behind the rocks and my listeners and everybody else, it's pretty cool, man. I, I, I really do think that there's a there's a side of me, even though I'm not a really outdoor like literally we bought a pop-up camper and we went for one camping trip up in PEI up in Canada. And yeah. I looked at my wife and said, That was horrible. And she goes, Why? Well, because because I literally want a bathroom that I can actually go in and like not have to worry about anything like this. <laughs> Yeah, we're we are not we are not on that level. We're not compatible that way. We're not compatible that way, and that's okay. It's okay to not be compatible with it. You know, that's the other thing too. I I don't know. I don't know that any future partner of mine has to have the exact same passions that I do. They don't, but they do have to have the understanding that when it's time for me to go. To do the to do my passions and, right. this, and I would give the same courtesy to this individual, but when it's time for me to go, I'm gonna go and and I'm doing that. And, and they'll respect that. And when when I come back, I will be recharged. I mean, uh, you mentioned it, you know, and I I can feel it when I come yeah. back from those outdoor trips, um, being out there doing my thing. Um, I absolutely feel light. It's, it's yeah. a light feeling. It, it's it's what it is. It, it's all a cleanse. The, it's a cleanse. It is. It's very much a cleanse. And uh, I, for one reason or another, I have to have it. It has to be a part of my life at every turn. So, and that's and good. so as you guys know on the podcast, I always talk about trying to take some nuggets away from different interviews that I do. Last time we had Danielle on here, who was from Spread the Cheer USA, was talking mm-hmm. about giving back to families and things like that. What I, what I love the nugget that I'm pulling away from this is is that you know Ben has found something in his life that he really loves to do. It it's euphoric. It makes him feel like he can kind of take some of the the angst and the anger and maybe some of the energy that's all around them outside in the real world and bring it to this place and just kind of dump it out there and just kind of come back revived and so my 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 advice is find that thing whether it's through a journal whether it's through uh exercise whether it's through healthy eating whether it's through artwork or painting or whatever it is if you could find that niche or that thing that you want to be able to do and that you've always kind of like thought you liked doing but you never find the time because that's the other thing Ben uh, makes the time. He makes the time. He goes, I work five days a week, many, many hours a week when I'm trying to be able to really bust my ass, trying to be able to get this business and everything else going. But on the same token, I take the time with my kids or with myself just to go and do. And that matters. Make the time for yourself and do it. Absolutely. And, and what I would tell people is do it alone. It's okay. Like, just take the step. Like, right. I can't tell you, like, oh, man, I was so nervous to go on some of those first trips alone. Like, it was, I was, I was nervous about it. Like, what if this happens? What if this, and, and, and what if it does? Then you'll work it out. It, it, like, right. life will continue you'll to figure it out. 
it's it you'll you'll problem solve the issue so take that risk take that little that little bit of uncomfortability that you have and just discard it for for whatever period of time you need to to be able to go find what's beyond that discomfort because beyond that discomfort is a lot of fun things out there a yeah. lot of fun things and everybody has their niche no doubt about it i love it man i love i love the whole concept of that and take take taking chances and go out there and just do it like literally the nike slogan of just do it is 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 what words we should all live by because if you don't you, you know what's going to happen is when you are that 90 year old person and you're sitting there drinking lemonade and you're sitting on the th- you're going to be like, I regret the fact that I didn't go and just do the things that I would love to do. You're going to regret it and don't regret it. Go and live life to the fullest. Absolutely. Cause there's, there is absolutely uh, And I own a business. I will technically I own four now, but there is no way you will convince me that in this human experience, we are designed to work a 40 hour work week, nine to five, five days a week. And, and, and that's it. Like that, 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 that can't be it. There's right. no way. There's right. absolutely no way that this, that, that the emotions that we get to feel, and I say get to feel because it's, I think that the emotions that we have uh, are going to be emotions we have, but we, it is an opportunity to feel those emotions because I think there is a place out there where you don't feel those things in that way. And this human experience must be felt. It is not necessarily seen. It, it, it is a feeling that you will have. And I promise that once you're in your element, you will know that you are in your element. Yes. You're going to feel it. It's going to be like, oh, everything just feels here. It's right. present. It is aware. It's like it I'm meant there. to be here. Yeah. Like, and, and the universe will tell you too. I'm telling you right now. It'll, it'll send you little signs. And say, you know yes, what? You are. know what, Ben? We're just a couple hippies, dude. That's all we are. We're just yeah. like, listen, dude. I, I just love the universe is telling me that I got to do a podcast today with my boy, man. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we are absolutely a couple of hippies. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about it. Old soul stuff. I love it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, me too, man. Well, listen, Ben, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you hopping on the podcast here and, and the video cast. Anybody, if you don't know, it will be out there on uh, YouTube and I'll, I'll put out the link on uh, Instagram and some other places. I am going to be getting back in the flow of doing some more podcasts. Like Ben said, sometimes you just got to kind of step away for a little bit. Yeah. Like, even though I didn't make any announcements of it, but I literally was like, I just need, mentally, I had to get right before I could get back into interviewing and, and really put my thoughts out there because yeah, I had a lot of stuff going on in my own personal life. So it was, uh, it was something that, right. Yeah, it is. Sometimes we feel ashamed that we have things that are like, like, why is that? Like, what are we like? Everybody's got things that pop up. It is what it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, brother. I appreciate you, man. And hopefully uh, next time I'll be out there on the, uh, on the how to podcast with uh, Luke and Ben. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do another one of those, but much love my man. And uh, I appreciate you being on the, on the, on the podcast today, man. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to see you soon on the live. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please do us a favor and leave feedback and a five-star rating on whatever platform that you use.